Hello, and welcome to the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Adam Mackey, and joining me as always is Grant Alexander. Hello. And Molly Kurt. Hello. Hey, boys. Um, Grant, what have you been working on this week? Well, this week, uh, my father came to visit, and he brought me a lathe. Well, he brought me a, a shopsmith, which I mainly wanted for the lathe, but it's a lathe slash drill press slash uh, table saw slash horizontal boring machine slash disc sander. And you can get other parts for it too. Hmm. Um, a lot of people can talk about the shopsmith and talk about how annoying it is to change between tools. And other than the, like, I don't know, it doesn't feel that annoying to me, but I guess I haven't, I feel like you would want to, it's about as annoying as uh, changing your saw blade on your table saw. Do you think you'll actually use it for anything other than a lathe? So I was thinking about that. And I think there's been times where I've wanted to do a certain cut and then a different, like a dado cut, then another cut. Mm. And like, that's times where it's like, oh, I need to change my blade between this one and that one and this one and that one. So if I'm ever in a situation where I need to make a bunch of rip cuts, cross cuts and dado cuts in between in that operation, then I can use my miter saw, table saw, second table saw. I feel like it'd be like having one of those like thickness of planers. No, not thickness of planer. It was a, a jointer planer. Where and you have to like... Yeah. Yeah. I think those ones are a little bit quicker in between than the shopsmith. But yeah. when I th- see people doing that, I'm like, that would be so frustrating to me. So I, I totally get why people think shopsmiths are frustrating. But if you only had one tool, the shopsmith's the tool. I've I've never seen um, a tool like that. It's interesting to see how the motor of the lathe moves and not the tail. Yeah, it is. It is a very interesting. And that, they they designed it that way. Um, yeah, because that made it so that it works as a drill press and and stuff. So, I, so I if think- you use it as a drill press, you move the whole motor up and down. If you, when you use it as a drill press, you actually slide it and it it rotates and goes up and down. So that entire thing that powers the the uh, the the lathe yeah. becomes the drill press and it goes up in the air. And you use the table saw base as the drill press table. So yeah. you have this giant table table for drill pressing, and you have like the power of a table saw as your drill press. <laughs> so it's pretty oh, wow. sweet. Yeah, that's crazy. That's nice. It's apparently like in terms of a drill press, it's got some power to it, but mm. I can't see myself ever using it because I have a drill press. But if I ever need, like, it's really nice because it's super tall, right? Because mm. it's like, a, I don't know, six feet. So if I ever need to drill something that's really tall, it's going to be great. But I really mm. can't see myself needing to do that. That's it. Sweet. Mm. Very nice. Yeah, and then I've ordered some like a four jaw chuck for it and stuff like that. And I need to learn how to sharpen beveled gouges. And then I'll be uh, really lathing right now. I'm just lathing a little bit. Nice. So you didn't want to go the, uh, just like the carbide tool route. I would love to, if someone would like to send me some carbide tools, I will <laughs> happily use them. Um, the, it's just not in the, I looked at, I could either get the four jaw chuck or, 
or carbide tools. I already have tools or chisels or whatever. I definitely go full jaw chuck. Right. And I didn't have a chuck. So you'd have to turn between two centers. And basically the the, uh, chuck allows you to do so many more things. Yeah. And just a more stable way of holding the wood. Nice. Do you yeah, have you a like a, do the end and stuff? Do you have a lathe project that like you you're really jonesing to do? No, but I've had a bunch of projects like that I could have used a lathe for. Um, hmm. I'm going to be making my Christmas ornaments every year. I make Christmas ornaments, and uh, Fletcher paints them. And I think I'm going to use the lathe to make some Christmas trees, and then have Fletcher hmm. paint them. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. Well, Morley has something to tell us all. Yes. Well, as I'm sure most people listening already know, um, I got engaged this weekend. Uh, I guess a week before this episode came out. I proposed to Eden on a Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday night. Um, Yeah, so we're very happy and excited, and it's been just a very – exciting happy weekend um because everyone's saying congratulations and reaching out had some good conversations with people i haven't like talked to in a while um and i think with like um this new covid variant and going into winter i think (laughs) not to be like it's all about us but i think we made a lot of people in our lives really happy with some good news um so yeah it's it's been a really nice couple about last couple days Hmm. How'd you do it? So I got a ring made um, from a brooch that my grandpa got made for my grandma back in the day. So I never met my grandpa. I was named after him. He was the he was Morley Job Kurt, and um, I loved my grandma. My grandma was awesome. Uh, so I knew I knew Eden wanted a ring ideally made of some heirloom jewelry so um Mm. looking with my parents through what we had in the family stash uh we found that and i was like oh this could make a really really cool ring so what i basically did was i had the jeweler take this like grouping of diamonds off of the stem which is like shaped into a leaf and then attach that to a band and i'm like really really blown away with how good it came out um I, I, you know, it was a relatively unconventional ring. Uh, we looked a lot online after like Eden and I together and we couldn't really find anything like it and she really likes it. So I'm very happy, but your question was, how did I do it? And how I did it was, um, so we both work on Saturdays and, um, on my way home from work, I usually go and pick up groceries from Eden's work and I'm home like an hour and a half before she is. So I decided on my way home that I wanted to do it that night. Um, So I got home. I set up like 50 tea lights in our kitchen. And I ran to a nearby nice wine store that I hadn't been to before. Got some sparkling rosé and set up a little romantic evening in the kitchen. And so that was waiting for her when she got home. And yeah, then we just had like a really nice night. Did you pop the question immediately when she walked in the door? Kind of. Yeah. So, I I mean, it's hard to explain not knowing the layout of our apartment, but she kind of like saw it from a distance and uh, she kind of knew it was coming. 
Um, okay. But yeah, I, we I did it at the beginning and then we enjoyed the dinner and, and called yeah. parents and, and then went out afterwards, which was really nice. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I did. I like that the evening. I like that the ring has a story. Me too, because it, yeah. because it is that unconventional. It brings more to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, on the more maker side of things, I have a, I have a few projects on the go right now, um, which you might have noticed if you follow me on Instagram. I'm working on like a bunch of different things, but uh, the one that will probably get published first is actually going to be my 100th YouTube video. And I had the idea of making a 10 filmmaking tips for makers video. Um, like I feel like I've learned a lot in making a hundred videos and these are all things that I not don't, I'm not necessarily an expert on, but I've realized are important and like make my videos a lot better, like in things in terms of um, editing and filming and lighting and using my camera and filmmaking tips. Um, so I'm writing the script for it right now, which is almost done. So I'll probably film that very soon. According to YouTube, you've already done a hundred videos. Yeah. Oh, have I? Okay. Yeah. So it's weird because I don't, so first of all, I don't know how it counts unlisted videos, which I have like two. Yeah, and it counts those. And it counts does, ones that shorts? Un- does it count shorts? I don't know about shorts, but it, it counts if Probably you have does. private videos as well. Because I think I had 99 last time I checked and then I published a short. Um, right. Anyways, that doesn't well, really matter. You know what I would do? <laughs> Delete all your shorts and then you can work your way back to 100. All right. Not going to do that, but noted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's cool. I'm like super into it. And um, the, a lot of things that I'm like, it's also a good reminder for me because I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like when you're in the throes of making a video, sometimes you're just like really excited to make and to film it that you forget about like the best practices. And then in the edit, you're like, oh man, I really wish I did that differently. So because I have all these in my head right now in the other stuff I'm filming, it's really making me remember them. I'd be like, okay, no, like take the second to set up that shot. And this is what I need and make sure the lighting's coming from the right direction and you're not breaking the 180 degree rule. Um, so it's cool. I think it's gonna be a really good video. Yeah. Are you going to talk about being centered and talking directly into the camera? No. And it's funny, like not even the other side of that is, is a part of the video that is still very much just like a amusing. <laughs> I have no, uh, no tip to say on that category. Well, um, you, you've heard what my, why you do it. Right. And why documentaries yeah. don't, well, you could talk about that. And then boom, you got 11 so, tips. So add I that think, as a bonus tip. I'll record something and add it as a bonus tip for you. Okay. You can do a video response. <laughs> Adam, what about you? What have you been up to this week? Um, I, again, haven't really done much. I have been trying to focus on getting through the rest of the year. And then I want to start next year fresh. The other day I like got the motivation to go in the shop and then I did, I um, just got wound up doing other stuff and, and decided that I just want to get through the rest of the year, start off next year fresh, getting new videos out. I want to focus more on like the CNC stuff and, and all that sort of stuff, but got me thinking about like what I want to 
where I want to go like in the future with, with YouTube and, and the business and all that sort of stuff and, and my health and, and all that sort of stuff. And then the other day I ate a chocolate, which was um, disappointing in myself, but it made me realize that I tend to live like in the now and I don't think about the future that much. So I think this is why I always struggle with, with like the YouTube side and uh, my health and all that sort of stuff is that I'll eat a chocolate, but I don't think about the consequences in the future. I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like I'll go to the gym this afternoon, work it off. But I don't think about that that just impacts further on down the line and, and all that sort of stuff. So really been trying to think about all that sort of stuff and, and what I need to do to try and build on my future rather than just live day to day. Mm. All that sort of stuff. So, yeah, gonna be um, really got me thinking about like how we live and and how we think about like um, present time, past time, and all that sort of stuff. So, I am interested to see how you guys think of that. Like, do you do you think about what's coming up in the future, or do you tend to live day to day like me? I well, sorry, Grant. I'll let you start. I'll say I actually live in the past a lot. I think way too much about things that happened in the past that shouldn't be taking up headspace and I shouldn't be analyzing and I shouldn't be thinking about them. But like, you know, there's like memes out there. There's that person who's like trying to fall asleep and they're like, you know, something that happened in third grade comes into their head. That happens to me all the time. I think about interactions I have with people like a year ago. It's, well, I guess in COVID time, that's like the second last interaction I had with someone. Uh, <laughs> but I, have, uh, I, I often like overanalyze things, and I, I like play them out and go, "Did I? I don't know. I just live in the past a lot, um, and I find that also impacts my making and my like video." production because I'm often thinking too much about every mistake I made in the past Yeah, to mean like, I don't want to have the lighting in the wrong spot. I don't want to have the video of my elbow instead of me drilling something. Right. Cause I'm really good at getting videos of my elbow. Apparently <laughs> I'm not great at getting videos of me drilling anything. Uh, so I think way too much about that, which then hin- hinders my ability to be in the present. Yeah, and do the thing because I'm too worried about the past and what's happened. So I mean, I'd like to like, live in the present. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, the in terms of the video making part. That sounds like kind of a constructive way to be thinking, unless it's to such a point where it's like crippling you and, and not letting you do anything. Mm. That's exactly. I, like, I feel like you need agree, to have a mix of them yeah. all. And that was going to be like the way to wrap it all up at the end. Yeah. But I like it. Let's start it from the first. Because <laughs> I, I feel like, so I think I live in the, you live in the present, uh, Adam. Yeah. I live in the past. Sure. And I'm guessing Marley lives in the future. Yeah. Because he I, seems, I, I, seems yeah. to me like a future thinking person. He does. No, I think you're right. Um, and I think it's a problem a lot of the time. Um so like my plant, my job this summer, um, I was, I was good at, I was, I was, I think I was really good at it. And I think one of the reasons I was good at it is because 
I was planning all the time. I was thinking about like, okay, what's going to happen next week? And what do we need right now to prepare for next week? And what's going to happen tomorrow? And what's going to happen in an hour? And it was foreseeing all these events. And I do tend to think in the future and that that aligned very well with my personality. But, you know, when you're in that mindset over the course of a day, I think it also does inhibit you from enjoying the present. And I think it made it so that I, I didn't get as much out of the summer as a lot of the people who are working under me, which I think is also just kind of happens when you're in a more managerial role at a camp. I know that's like a very niche reference, but maybe anyone else who has worked at a camp might relate to that. You know, you're, you're, you're creating the environment. You're not really the one who's uh, in, enjoying it in the same way. Well, anytime you move up, you end up, it's why a lot of people go, I don't want to move up because I don't want to, I want to be hands-on, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be oh, doing I still, the work. But yeah. the more you move up, I get you weren't the owner of the company, but you're moving up. So you're not doing as much because you're, you're mm-hmm. thinking more about other things because you need to, they don't need to think about any of that stuff. They're not getting paid to. Yeah. I, I mean, I still feel like I was very hands-on and and that was all, you know, like you start hands-on in that sort of position. And then th- as things start working better, you don't have to be as hands-on. So you start, you know, planning more and like, oh, what is the next thing we're going to do? And so it became a little right. less hands-on throughout the course of summer. But on the other side, it, you know, it frees you up too to be like, well, what like other cool stuff can we do that we that we didn't plan to? Let's do a talent show. Let's do a, a, a this or a that which we did. And it was awesome. Like the steam product had never done a talent show before. And we did the first one ever and it was great. Um, but like, aside from, from that experience, I definitely find myself in the course of my day, sometimes just thinking about like the next thing that I'm going to do. And that's not a good way to live. Like, I don't, I don't like doing that because then you're, you're never fully appreciating what you're doing right now. And so I've, I've tried to like, be intentional and mindful about trying to live more in the present. Um, not that I don't. And I, I definitely, I can go to a concert and enjoy myself and, and let plenty of things like that. But it's like, you know, when I was in high school going to like a party or something, I probably wasn't having as much fun as the next kid because I was thinking about like, Oh, like what's going to happen if the cops come or like, how am I going to get home? And so you're thinking about those like eventualities in the future and that like little anxiety producing things um, definitely takes me out of the present sometimes. And it's, it's something I'm trying to work on. It's, fu- it's funny you brought up concerts. Cause I was going to say, it's like people that go to concerts and film the whole thing on their phone, but they're too busy worrying about filming that they don't pay attention to what they're actually there for. And yeah. And, and not the whole concert. And not to like, be like, anyways, I, I can re- I really can enjoy and do enjoy like experiences like that. I love going to concerts. I love seeing music and those things. But just sometimes I find like I'm too focused on, oh my God, Adam just got a baby and a cat at the same time. <laughs> that is an adorable kitten. Um, you know, it's sometimes it gets in the way. So this is where living in the past is problematic because as I, the more experience I have, the more negative experiences I have, the less... I can enjoy things. So the first time I went to a party, everything was great because I didn't have anything negative to think about. 
And I definitely, I know I think about negative things all the time, but in the future and, and if, but I based them all on things that happened. So I yeah. went to a party when the cops did get called, right? And then all of a sudden, now I have that thing. Now I'm worried every time I go to a party that the cops are going to get called because it's happened before, right? It's like yeah. mm-hmm. to, to bring it into a completely different thing. I remember when I was a kid, I used to go with my brother to this little creek by our house. And I used to love playing in there and whatever. And then one day, my rubber boot got stuck in the mud. And I had to walk back to my house with one boot and one non-boot. Or I guess I don't know exactly what happened, but I must have. I don't know if I, if I was stupid and just walked back lopsided or if I took both boots off and lost a boot. And then I didn't have my rubber boots anymore. But I think after that time, I don't think I ever went back to the creek. Because when I would go back to the creek, it would have a negative association of me losing that boot. And it's like I, I really wish I could not live, relive those moments. And then, I don't know. It's just such a weird, like I, I have anxiety anytime I do something that I've had a negative experience with. Yeah, That's why I don't like crowds and I don't like going to concerts because I've had times where, you know, there was at a concert the other day, people died, right? Mm. Got trampled, right? I've been mm-hmm. at concerts where I felt pushed around and I went, I don't, I'm not strong enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not like, I can't, I'm not imposing enough to make a hole for myself. So I don't like being there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Like you don't have to enjoy going to a, an experience where you feel not in control. But I want, like, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I kind of wish I could. Mm-hmm. I went to concerts, like the first concert I went to, I don't have, I have great memories of that one. But it's like everyone after had like a little negatives, like someone's going to be behind me yelling something stupid. I don't know. <laughs> so this kind of came up with me recently in that, you know, when we make YouTube videos and content creation in general, it's very much about instant gratification unless you're like a filmmaker and you're working on multi month or year long projects. Like if you're doing internet content creation, it's about instant gratification. I mean, that's, that's how the advertisers make money anyways. But with this more product development project that I've been working on with the 3d printed razor knife, I need to like really fight that. Because there is a big part of me that wants to be like, okay, like I've been working on this for long enough. Like I need to, I need to get it done and put it out. But then there's the part, which I think is more correct, which is like, no, this is not yet like a refined product that I want to put out into the world. I need to keep working on this until it's at a point where, where I'm happy selling it. Um, And it's, it's really good to have Eden to talk about with this because she's def like, she's very unbiased and, you know, she's not like, she's like, why, why do you want to put it out right now? Like you have other stuff to work on. Just keep working on it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's a totally irrational want to like, want to like, Oh, I need to put this out there now. And it, it was interesting talking to Ryan on the last into the spotlight. Cause he was talking about that too. Like in many creative fields, like it's okay to like take time on something and it's even encouraged, 
but in the whole like internet content creation thing, it's, it's kind of the opposite where it's like, like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you, why aren't you putting that out? Or maybe other people aren't saying that, but at least sometimes I feel that way. It's interesting because when I first started with the content creation, that's how I felt. And now I'm starting to learn that it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I haven't put out a video for a while and I'm still getting new subscribers pretty much daily. Um, but also with that, I need to think with the, with the type of videos I want to make, cause I want to do these CNC ones is I'm not actually trying to make them for the present. They are they're the type of videos where you are trying to make them for the future of like, everyone's not trying to look up how to do CNC stuff right now. Mm-hmm. So you want something that's relatable a year from now when someone needs to look up how to do something cause they just got their first CNC. Yeah. Hmm. And, and that's great. That's great that you can think, think that way. Cause I think a lot of aspects of content creation are like, are just bad for mental health. So yeah. to be able to find a way to like, um, make it like, you know, in a sustainable work is good. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, something definitely, I've definitely had to learn. Yeah. It's something that, that I fight every time I put out a video because I know if it doesn't hit number one on the one out of 10 YouTube analytics, I, I kind of go, Oh, that sucks. Right. And I felt yeah. the same way. Like my first TikTok was like, you know, it's at 2 million views or something. And everyone after that has been abysmal. So I, I, de- I deleted TikTok from my phone. I didn't want to be on it anymore. Well, um, pretty sure you've still been posting. No, I've, when- it's done. Oh, I deleted okay. it like yesterday. Right. Okay. Because you, po- like, you were you know posting what? like every four days or something. Yeah, well, I was posting the same. I was taking whatever I was putting on Instagram and putting it on TikTok. Yeah. But now I'm just like, you know what? I, I'm not getting anything out of this. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't getting anything out of it. It wasn't having fun. It wasn't sparking any joy. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I said, I don't. I don't need another place to check, to check my comments, to check my analytics. Like I don't need another place that potentially can bring joy or bring sadness of, you know, six people saw your video. I'm like, how do I go from 2 million to six? Like (laughs) that is interesting though, because it shows that you're thinking of the present and past because you're not thinking of the future of, okay, well, I'm only getting six views now, but maybe one day someone will find people will find my channel and I'll blow up and then they'll go watch all of them again. Yep. I, I have many times found um, someone that on YouTube that I've subscribed to and then gone back and watched their entire back catalog. Yeah, I know. Mm. Yeah. And I hate the past. I don't know why I like to sit in it so much. Well, it sounds to me like you don't. So. <laughs> Yeah. I try not to, but I, I really, I really need to learn to start thinking of the future more. Like it's really starting to have an effect on like, I, I feel like I used to before COVID started, like when I lost all the weight the first time and stuff, I, I thought about how I need to eat and how it's going to affect my future. And now I'm like, no, I just want the instant gratification now. Hmm. I, don't know. I mean, when I, I found myself like in those 
in those times. And, you know, this is just me speaking from my own experience. I find that momentum is like the biggest part of it for me in that I, I find myself in a habit. It, for, let me give like one example. So like I leave work, I'm really hungry. I've just worked for eight hours, probably didn't eat a big enough lunch. So like I've been passing the gas station on my way home and I'm like, oh, I really want to get like a bag of chips to eat on my way home. That sounds great. So I do that. And then like the next day I want to do it again or like, yeah. it, and, and then it's like, part of me is like, okay, well, no, I'm not going to do it tomorrow, but I'm going to do it the next day. And it, it is easy for it to become a habit, but it just takes a lot of times me saying like, no, like I know I'm confident that I'm going to feel better if I don't do that. And I'll enjoy food when I get home and I'll make myself not do it. And then it's like, oh, okay. I've broken out of it. It's not a thing anymore. Yeah. So and I'm, takes, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to make that apply to you, but just in my own experience, I really have to be like, nope, let's stop. And and then that, that works a lot of the time. Yeah. But you live uh, in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is too? It's not only living in the future. It's also it's living in like the near future. Cause it's even like 20 minutes down the road when that bag of chips is gone. It's like it's not going to be satisfying in the way that I want it to be. It's, it's, it's instant like gratification so until you finish and then you're like, what have I just done? Right. Cause yeah. Morley lives in the future. So well, he can live see it. He can, he, you live in the now. That's the I, I live in the past. Oh. I, I live in <laughs> but tomorrow. Together we're omniscient. <laughs> yes. I live in tomorrow well, because it's yesterday for you. Um, no, what I was, what, what I was going to say, fun fact, it takes three weeks to break a habit and it takes three months to make it a lifestyle. Hmm. Just FYI. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a crazy thing to think about though. Like three months is a long time to, to make something a good habit. Yeah. When you think about it. But I like with the, the food and stuff habit. like no, it takes three weeks to break a habit. It takes three well, months to make something a lifestyle. Right. So, but so you, if can I, make a, you can have a bad lifestyle. Well, true. Just saying. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Um, but if like your lifestyle the, is hookers and blow. It's probably I not feel like the you best would get addicted to that a lot quicker than three months, but. But it would know. become your lifestyle after three months. Yeah, it'd just be a habit after three weeks. Hmm. Anyway, I I have on multiple hundreds of occasions taken like my lunch to work, and then I'll still go buy lunch and just not eat what I took. Hmm. Wow. I, yeah, I'm 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 very bad with all that sort of stuff. I have but. never done that in my life because I don't bring a lunch because <laughs> I. <laughs> I was gonna I say, there's gotta the be, there's gotta be a trick there somewhere. <laughs> I always yeah. buy lunch. I don't know. It's weird. But what have you I done since do. you worked from home? What's your, what's your routine now? Abby makes me lunch. If Abby gotcha. didn't make me lunch, I would do what I did tonight for dinner when she wasn't here. I ate some chips, some sliced meat, and a cheese string, and I said, "That's dinner." Grant, do you ever cook? I worked in a kitchen as a cook in one of my past lives. Um, I don't enjoy it. I don't, I definitely don't enjoy it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's some people who talk about like different types of making. They're just like, I didn't like it. I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy like Vincent 
has mentioned he didn't he took blacksmithing didn't enjoy it i don't like cooking i definitely live in the past where like people like if if you've never worked in a kitchen if you've seen like waiting the uh, ryan reynolds movie there's a lot of kitchen like they're they're just constantly like mean to each other um and that was what the kitchen was. People were just complete dicks. They were running like high on coke and just like trying to flip all the burgers all at once and stuff. And I was just like, just relax, right? Like everything was just too too high strung and it made cooking really not fun. Sounds like a bit mean to you when you cook dinner. What? Is Abby mean to you when you cook dinner? No, because I don't cook dinner. <laughs> I only do finger cooking. Don't I? That's where you. I. Boop, 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 boop. I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy cooking. I just hate when it's a task. Like if we're having a barbecue and all the mates are over and stuff, I'll happily cook. But like I, I'm the cook of the house. I go to work at two a.m. in the morning. Come home. I'm tired. I have to cook dinner every single day for the family. Make time to go to the gym all that sort of stuff. And that, and that's where it becomes a task. It becomes an issue for me, but I, I enjoy cooking though. My wife hates cooking. Yeah. Hence why I have to cook every night. But I, I enjoy cook. Like when I worked in the kitchen and it was just me alone, everything was prepped. Everything was ready. I could cook anything. I loved it flat. We had all, everything was set up and ready to go. And it was a nice by myself. It was beautiful. One extra person, I could do it. When we had four people and there was a rush, it was not a fun situation. And uh, I don't sounds know. like you need like Hello Fresh or something. Yeah, even then, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back around to the topic a little bit, I was just thinking about. Um, oh yeah, we have like, a topic. <laughs> I was thinking about my own making at home versus what I do at the steam project, which sometimes is, is quite similar, which is like, as I mentioned is, is really useful sometimes because the lessons are are pretty one-to-one. And one thing I think it's made me realize is that in a lot of ways, I think I live in the present too much with my own making in that, like I'll be working on a project instantly make a mess and I'm just like, not really too rigorous about like my setup, you know, part of it is working in like not as good of a setup as what I have at work. But part of it too, is just like, I'm not taking my time in the same way. And I I think it also comes down to like, I feel like I have limited time at home, whereas I have eight hours a day to fill at work, which is much easier than to take the time. And, you know, it's on someone else's dime. So I'm, of course, I'm going to make it as, as good as I can for someone else. But when it comes down to doing it for me, I'm like, no, like a little more rushing, a little less neat. And, it is something I, I'm trying to do more of, of treating my own, my own like pursuits more like a job in the way of a little more systematic, a little more neat, a little more like how can I take the time and set this up so it's a better workplace. It's interesting you brought up the time part because my wife and I have talked quite a few times about how I do, I'll go work in the shop and then I leave in a mess, and she's like, "You need to like stop." a bit early and clean. And I'm like, but it's the only time I get to do anything. I don't have time to clean up. Mm-hmm. But 
But then again, I don't think about future Adam who then has to come into a filthy shop and can't get any work done. So he cleans it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like it's, it's one of the ways that like working in this camp environment is so good because like there are going to be people that come in behind me and have to use the shop. So it's like, I'm going to end 10 minutes early. I'm going to clean. And yeah. it, it just, it's, it makes it slightly more likely that I'm going to carry that into my own life. Cause it, it's kind of making it a habit in the yeah. other 40 hours a week. Yeah. It's so as much as you live in the future, you sometimes feel like you don't. Because you or you you see future Morley and say screw you future Morley, <laughs> you're gonna you're in future Adam. You guys are gonna be cleaning up this mess. Yeah, right. I do that to myself all the time. I literally just walk away from a- anything I'm doing. Just walk away from it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Done the problem. No, I don't. But I don't really do that. Like I don't screw over future Morley when it comes to messes. But I don't think. I just think it's that I'm. I wish I was, and I'm planning on being more systematic and like neat when it comes to my work. Like I'll, I'll definitely clean up afterwards, but it's like, you know, I have like receipts in envelopes and, you know, just like stuff thrown in drawers that I should probably like take the time to be a little more organized. Hmm. I feel like Grant and I are the, the kind of guys that do their um, homework the night before and Molly's the guy that does it like the first day. And that doesn't have to That's worry a good about question. It. Yeah. When did you do your homework, Morley? I actually was pretty bad at procrastinating uh, for a little while in like primary school. Like I remember the I, I really remember the first time I was stressed. It was in third grade, and it was when we started having like book reports regularly. And I mean, we all do this at kids. It's like you tell your mom the night before, like, Mom, I have to go to the arts and crafts store so I can get you know, poster board for my project. She's like, why did you tell me earlier? Um, and then I think as I got like older and more self-sufficient, I was like, Oh, if I, if I do this in advance, it's a lot better, but still exactly. like, I'm not perfect. Like I think in writing assignments in university, I would put them off. Maybe. I mean, I didn't have many writing assignments. I was in engineering, but the few that I had, it's like, you build, I would build it up in my head, start dreading it, which would make me not want to do it. And then I would finally just sit down and do it still pretty far from the deadline. So I guess there's the answer to your question. But then I was like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> right. So mm. I, when I, uh, so I engineering, it was really bad. I won when I was, I had one class where you had to reverse engineer something. And I literally, waited till the last night, fell asleep at my computer, woke up the next day, did it the entire project that was like supposed to be your full-term project, did it in two hours, ran to the place to hand it in, because this was back in the day when you had to hand in a floppy disk. Um, It was an AutoCAD file. Uh, Ran to hand it in. And the guy got in an accident on the way and was late, because I was late. Cause I'd slept through the deadline, but I was like, I'm going to throw try guy got an accident on the way. And that's the only reason why he'd be late. I wish. (laughs) So that's how late I will push stuff. Um, when I was in university for the second time and I was doing my, uh, bachelor's of management, I, uh, I was doing it online and you could do six months was how long you'd get a course. 
So you'd get the course and you'd have six months to complete it. I never, ever started a course before the last month. One of them, I did an entire course in a weekend. And at the end of that weekend of like coffee-filled, insomnia-fueled, whatever, I went, I if I could just do this, I could have done an entire degree in a month if I could work this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I could work at that peak productivity, that two two days before the deadline, 20 minutes before the deadline productivity, imagine what I could do. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Well, and I think that's something a lot of people feel, especially when it comes to like creative work in writing. Um, I think Seth Godin on the Tim Ferriss show said something like, um, like writers spend uh, eight hours a day procrastinating writing to just do it in the final one hour of the day. And I, yeah. I think uh, it's very common. <laughs> well, what about you, Adam? Uh, well, when I did my homework, if I did my homework, I was, I was definitely the person that did it the morning of. But how often did you not do it? Because that sounds like someone living in the present who's like, I'm not going to do it because I'm going to deal with today and not worry about the consequences of tomorrow. Yeah, I, I probably 90% didn't do it. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, and, and you know, no, but you can see how it, how it works and how it affects my, my life now. I mean, like, we're going to finish this podcast. I'm going to leave my laptop set up here. And then I'm going to get up at 1 a.m. to go to work and go, fuck, now I've got to pack all my laptop and shit away because I've just <laughs> left it here. Or like my wife says, make sure you clean up the house before I get home from work. And then I leave it to like 10 minutes before she's due home and then I clean the house. Like, you know, do this all the time. Or you see with the Instagram post, I just forget to do it because I leave it to the last minute. Yep. You know, I, I never think about future, Adam. But it is what it is. I'll learn to think about myself in the future anyway um people that are supporting us in the future is our patreon supporters and i want to thank uh f clamp level supporters brett jarvis from clean cut woodworking and vincent ferrari from because we make and anyone else who supports us on patreon if you would like to support us on patreon you can go to patreon.com forward slash clamp You'll get access to the pre-show, after-show, and a cool leather keychain handmade by our one and only Molly Kurt. And let's move on to Clamp Mendation. Clamp Mendations! I got another music recommendation. So this band that I've been really into for the last year called Big Thief, uh, it's kind of cool. They came out with this album recently that they actually call a single, but it's like five songs. But I can understand why they call it a single because each song is like very long and they all flow into one another. Um, And it's very, very good. Um, So they're kind of like a folk indie rock band. The lead singer has a really cool voice. It's kind of, um, it reminds me of, I think the zombies? No, the cranberries. You know, the lead singer of the cranberries is the one who kind of like yodels a little bit, right? Grant? Help me out? No. Okay. Um, I, I have no clue about anything music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her name is Ariane something. Um, I've definitely talked about this band with people in in Makers on Zoom having coffee. Ariane Lenker. She's like a pretty amazing singer. And hmm. 
this album is kind of like a diversion from their style. Like it's a little, a little more experimental, a little less rocky. Um, but it's, it's a really good, just like driving kind of daydreaming album. Uh, very like happy and upbeat. I would definitely recommend, especially if you're feeling the winter blues, Time Escaping by Big Thief. And you said there's five songs? Five tracks? I think so, yeah. Something like that. It's interesting. iTunes would not accept that as a single because iTunes only accepts up to three songs that are 10 minutes mm-hmm. or less. Yeah, I don't like it says this is the album. It says single. I don't I don't know if it's a mistake or something, but it makes sense. I don't know. In the olden days, a single was any type of release that was less than an LP. Okay. I thought an EP, like I would think this is an EP. Uh, maybe uh, like it all gets really confusing because like EP is like extended play and LP is long play and single is like you would think single means just one track, but it doesn't because they'd often do a single with like three to five tracks. I thought I okay. thought a single like if you bought a CD of a single, it was the single was like the one song and then there was like three to four remixes of that song or like other versions with like feet people. Okay, no. hang on. I think I might have... Um... What? Okay, so it sounds like this is actually going to be part of a larger album. Uh, Dragon, New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Anyways, right. if you search Time Escaping on Spotify, these five songs will come up. Listen to it. It's good. <laughs> it sounds like they're thinking about the future, but trying yes. to live in the present by re- releasing the single. Hmm. Oh. Well, you know, someone who didn't think of the future was Kevin Hart in the Netflix TV show called True Story. And that's my recommendation for this week. Um, the segue. Yeah. So <laughs> just brought it. Um, so yeah, anyway, my recommendation is a Kevin Hart. It's a short series um, called True Story. Uh, trying to think of how I can explain it without giving away spoilers. Essentially, he's he pretty much plays his own life. He's a movie star comedian, but like that's not his name in the show. Hmm. His name's not Kevin Hart in the show. It's called. Is everyone just making fun of him because he's short? No. So he wakes up after a night out, and there is a girl dead in the bed next to him. And then, so the whole thing is like a cover story over, like getting rid of the dead body and stuff, so it doesn't get all out on Instagram and and all (laughs) that. Sounds it's like a true a, story. It's really, really, really good show. All right. Yeah. Well, my clampmendation is a new person. They're new, newish, newer to YouTube. I, I don't. YouTube every once in a while sends me a recommendation of someone who doesn't have a bajillion subscribers, and this was a really good one. It's Chloe T. Um, she made a Laura Camp. Laura Kampf, sorry, inspired bench build where she found uh, an old bench and she called it like gorilla making. She found an old bench and uh, made it new with a uh, set of tires and some stuff. Her, if you look at it, her building techniques, you're not going to be, you're not going to be impressed. I'll be honest. 
But if you look at her like idea to execution and doing something and following through, that's where it gets inspiring, right? Like she she was doing some new, you know, cross. She called them half lap joints or whatever. And she was using the table, like the circular saw to cut through them. And they're so rough. But in the end, it doesn't matter because she's covering it up and she's living in the present and getting it done. And I would would stop there and go like I need to spend seven hours chiseling out shit that I'm just gonna cover with a tire that's made of rubber <laughs> that's gonna absorb it all. And it's like yeah. you know, think it through, Grant. Anyways, I I find anytime I find a new small YouTuber, it inspires me to know that people are still out there making awesome content yeah. that just YouTube hasn't pushed yet. So everyone should go check her out. Hmm, cool. That's cool. Uh, usually we would do my word of the week if we don't have a review, but we do have a review. But someone had the audacity to give us a five-star review and steal out of work of the week. I know. How dare they? Um, so, Molly, take it away. It's going to be a fun one. I feel like we have had one of these before, but... All right. Here yes. we go. Rip a podcast. This podcast is a hidden gem. Great guys and always interesting topics. They have a way of making you feel like you're in the room with them. Keep up the great work. Joe from Joe's Workbench. Five stars. How did I do, Adam? I don't know. (laughs) To me, that was a ripper review read. Yeah, no. I think it was good. Yeah, um, nah, or yeah, nah, yeah. Nah, yeah. Okay. For those that didn't pick up on it, that is from Joe's Workbench, who is from Australia. Um, I should have actually said that beforehand, is if you leave us a review, Morley will read it in your accent. Uh, I've actually, I've talked to Joe quite a lot. He actually made the dust boot for my CNC. He makes and oh. sells those for my CNC, which is cool. Cool, cool, cool. And um, he threw in a couple of hold downs because he saw the ones that I made on the CNC. He's like, you need something better. <laughs> I get this. He didn't tell me though. So I get this box and there's these hold downs in And I'm like, how the hell does this go with the dust boot? I was so confused <laughs> as to where they go. And it took me so long to realize he had sent me some like something extra. <laughs> that's so funny. Anyway, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway, yeah. Great guy, but. Um, I want to thank TF Turning for our theme music. And we don't have the thing yet, do we? Yeah, we got the... Oh, we don't... Well, no, I'll make I don't sure. want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. Well, we'll talk about it later. Yes. Um, and yeah, you can find us at on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and Twitter. Just search Clamp. If you search Clamp Cast on YouTube, we will show up. Uh, if you could subscribe to us there, try and get us to a hundred subscribers so we can get our custom URL. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. And I was like singing words, 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 and she was very impressed. Wow.
You and are. That's why she uh, said yes to my proposal. Just that. I, I, damn it! That was what I was gonna. That was the joke I was gonna make. You stole the words right out of my mouth. The words, 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 right out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. All right. How about you sing it for our patrons? <laughs> okay. You'll just have to trust that I'm uh, not looking at the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs>